0: What's the latest on Damian Lillard and his trade request to join the Miami Heat? We'll update you on Miami's pursuit of the superstar guard before diving into the top free agents left to round out the roster on today's edition of Locked On Heat.
1: You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, let's jump in. Welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here as always. Dave Jermilz. However you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepix.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Good show for you today. We're going to get to our top remaining free agent fits for The Heat go in-depth into Thomas Bryant's fit in Miami, go a little bit pros and cons there. But let's start with the latest on Damian Lillard, who wants more than anything to go to Miami. And the Blazers appear to be playing hardball. Uh, but let's just get into some of these sticking points here, David. Obviously, the big one is Tyler Hero and his involvement in a potential trade here. I want to get to some of the other things that could crop up down the line. But the, the, the biggest priority right now is Tyler Hero Some reporting around it seems like maybe Brooklyn can get involved as a third team to take Tyler. The Trailblazers don't want to take Tyler Hero because they feel like they have too many guards already on the roster. They kind of want to shift that asset somewhere else, maybe get some more picks, maybe a wing back, something else that they feel like fits with their rebuild. Uh, But I guess the problem is finding that third team, and that's what it appears right now the Miami Heat are trying to do. Other than Brooklyn, I'm trying to think of other teams that could be a potential third party here. Uh,
0: I mean, Utah has shown some interest in acquiring Damien. Uh, I think there are a, few, a couple. I mean, obviously, there's a few other teams that that want Damien themselves and whether or not they have that kind of space. San Antonio is another potential option. I don't know what they would return in exchange for Tyler Hero's services. Uh, there's a few different potential landing spots here. But I, I think it's just a very strange shift in the conversation during Tyler's career. and And we've talked about this before regarding tyler and even just how heat fans tend to view him like this is a guy who has been perpetually on the trading block for the last couple seasons and and i think we've been very consistent in saying that he is a player with all-star potential down the road of his career and i think he's shown enough to to you know to to emphasize that over the course of his career and yet he's viewed as a negative asset as a player you wouldn't want. And I can understand also, I mean, we had Mike Richmond on here, host of Lockton Blazers just last week, talking about why would Portland even want a player like Hero in exchange for you know Damian Lillard. And I get that there is a, a surplus of shooting guards there. They've already got a couple of players that kind of fit that role. They've got Scoot Henderson on the roster already, et cetera. So I understand maybe from Portland's perspective that they wouldn't want Tyler Hero. But to say that Tyler as a centerpiece of a trade package is – it's just not a good deal whatsoever in exchange for Dame Lillard. You're not going to get the same kind of value for Dame Lillard. Like, that's just the reality here. I I, I know that the market has shifted, and it shifted last year. It was a year ago today that we were having the conversation, five first-round picks for for Rudy F and Gorbert. Are we kidding here? Like, like we were – Clowning the Minnesota Timberwolves for that deal, and re- realizing that that was probably their only attempt at or the only chance for them to acquire a quote unquote superstar in Gobert, and and they paid way too much in exchange for that kind of level player, and yet now it's it's shifted a completely different way where everybody's attacking Miami for including Hero in an exchange for Damian Lillard. Like, I mean, Jimmy Butler was acquired in two thousand nineteen for Josh Richardson and and, and and not much else. And it's like we're all kind of forgetting that the market has shifted dramatically. You're never supposed to get equal return for a superstar. It never happens. And, and so I don't understand why the conversation has shifted so much about Tyler and, and what he brings in terms of total value and things of that. Side. He's a young player that's shown a lot of greatness, not just goodness, but greatness over the course of his career. He's a fourth quarter player, something you like pointing out a lot. He is a gamer. He's always there like Spo and Pat Riley are not just talking him up in their post- post-game press conference or the end of season press conference. They really appreciate what he brings to the table. They love his work ethic. He's going to continue to get better, whether it's Miami or elsewhere. And to think that Tyler isn't a good player who can continue to get yep. better, I just I think
1: that's just plainly ignorant. The thing that I don't understand from Portland's perspective, I understand Anfrazini Simons is their guy. Sure. They drafted him. They've groomed him. They know him. And so maybe in that, I get that. But I think Tyler Hero is a better player and a better asset than Anthony Simons. And what Simon's making five, six million dollars less per year than Tyler Hero. That's not enough for me to be like, yeah, let me take the cheaper guy. I think Hero is like that much better. This is a guy who in clutch time this year, like this isn't. I think the, the, the reputation that Tyler has around the league is that maybe he's just sort of like Jordan Crawford, like just like a 20 point per game bench score, six man of the year. Like but, but maybe a little empty calories, and i I just implore people to to kind of analyze his game again and and look at him a little bit more. he's a in clutch time this last year this is a guy that's uh, uh picks up his game in the biggest moments in clutch time this year shot forty six percent overall thirty nine percent from three point range he didn't miss a free throw in the fourth quarter all season he didn't miss a single free throw in the fourth quarter all season this is a guy who like Pat Riley said, his game gets bigger on the biggest stages. It's very unfortunate that he missed the playoffs last year. It's very, very it. unfortunate that he missed out. And the fact that he made that finals run without him was a blow to his brand and his reputation around the league. But I would implore, if you're a team serious about, or even a fan, maybe whose team could be interested in being this third team to take on Tyler Hero, just look at his game a little bit more. And if I'm Portland, I would be willing to take on Tyler Hero, Who's a 39% career three-point shooter? That guy's elite. And I know Anthony Simons is a very good three-point shooter, too, but I think Tyler has a little bit more to his game and has a little bit of a higher more of a higher ceiling. He's bigger than Anthony Simons. He's a better playmaker a little bit, uh, certainly a much better rebounder. Like, I like Hero more than Simons as an asset. Like, I would just take Tyler and then just try to flip Anthony Simons. And if you're Portland, I don't know, maybe you have an easier time doing that given Simons' salary, his contract. So um I, I don't know. I, I find, like you, the discourse around Tyler Hero a little misguided and a little strange. Is he good enough to be the centerpiece of a trade for a player like Damian Lillard? No, he's not. But you're not really finding that anywhere else. You're know, like you not getting that blue chipper from anybody else for Damian Lillard. And you pointed this out yesterday, David. That's kind of on Portland. You should have traded Damian two years ago. If you did that, maybe you would have had a better chance. It was before the huge extension that's going to pay him $60 million plus when he's 36 years old. He would have had still some time left on the original contract and he would have been younger. He would have been just turning 30, maybe just uh, over 30 years old. Like, and there was a lot of teams a couple of years ago that could have used a guy like Damian Lillard, but now he's 33. He's got that huge contract that nobody's going to want to pay when he's 35, 36 years old, other than maybe the Miami heat and maybe Philadelphia, maybe some other teams. But like, I don't buy Utah as being interested. And Danny Ains just being like, I want to screw over Pat Riley does not appear to me to be enough of a motivation to kind of ruin his whole rebuild that he worked so hard and did such a great job doing in Utah. San Antonio, interesting. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Damien's too old. They just drafted Webin Yama. He's not ready to be a, the co-pilot of a championship team just yet, as talented as he is. So I, 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 you I, look do- around the league, and this just might be the best that Portland can do, and sucks. I get it. It's not good enough for Damien Laird. It's not but it might be the best you can do. And if Damien wants out and you're already committed to trading him, this just might be it.
0: Yeah. I, I also think like whatever team is interested in acquiring Damian Lillard, I have to wonder why that's the case when he's clearly stated he wants to go to a contending team. None of those teams are contenders. Right. Philadelphia, depending on what happens with James Harden, maybe they're in that conversation. I suppose you can make that argument for Boston. Utah's really good. San Antonio, obviously they've got Webanyama there. I know that there's potential there, but you've got to, you're going to make a move to acquire a disgruntled star in the tail end of his career that's looking to play in one specific location with one ultimate goal of winning a championship. That's a hell of a gamble to to toss away any of your potential assets or whatever you might have. And I would say that if they do engage Portland in those kind of talks, I I would wonder if they were just inserting themselves and using this kind of whole conversation as leverage themselves so that they could be that third team to reroute whatever assets are necessary in order to get something themselves, even if it's not ultimately Millard. Because I I just I keep seeing so much of this and it just it feels like it's almost a foregone conclusion that Lillard winds up in Miami. I just don't the, see any other team.
1: Chris Haynes on his podcast with Mark Stein saying it's Miami. Yeah. It's Miami. It's Miami. Brian Windhorst ESPN saying he still thinks that Miami ends up getting this. Look, we've seen this just Kevin Durant just did it, right? There was a whole bidding war for Kevin Durant. Phoenix ended up getting him. Now Phoenix offered really good stuff. Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, a bunch of first round picks. Like that's, he don't have that many first round picks right now. Like there's, there's yeah. a bunch of stuff, but, again, I just don't like Boston. Like, I, I don't know. I just, are they really gonna put Jalen Brown on the table? Like all the reporting mm-hmm. around them kind of indicates that they're not the reporting around Philly is that they don't want to put Tyrese Maxey on the table. And even if they do, you're still kind of in the same situation as if you're Portland, you're still getting another guard back in return for Lillard that you'd have to find that third team that wants Maxey. I think Maxie's an awesome player, but like, you're still just sort of dealing with the same thing. Right. So in terms of sticking points, this is what we're dealing with in terms of sticking points. Um, I don't think Utah will be involved as the third third team for Tyler. I do think that Danny Ainge, unless he absolutely adores Tyler Hero and looks at him as like the final piece of their rebuild, Mm. which I don't think he does. Or else we'd have Donovan Mitchell in Miami, right? Perhaps. But I also think that there is something about Danny Ainge not wanting to help Pat Riley, and I don't think he's going to want to be the third team to help facilitate Pat Riley getting Damian Millard. I, I think he's happy enough with his team, and I don't think he's that in love with Tyler Hero. I don't know. The Spurs are interesting. Could you move Tyler to San Antonio and then send like Keldon Johnson to the Portland, who's more of a wing, kind of fits that need? I don't know. That's interesting to me, I guess, if I'm San Antonio. But are you really getting an extra pick out of that? I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's part of the negotiation process. But this this is a sticking point. There's one other sticking point that I do want to bring up. It's not a factor now, but it could be a factor if and when Miami finds that third team for Tyler Hero, we're going to talk about that next here on Lockdown Heat. But first, I would tell listeners about a sponsor.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And it's never been easier than it has been with Prize Picks. It's just you versus the projected numbers, you pick two to six players and they score more or less than those price picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money. It's no competing against other people, just you versus the numbers. And they offer projections on any sport imaginable, whether it's the NBA, Major League Baseball, men's and women's, college sports, European sports, cricket, boxing, you name it. Prize picks has you covered. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit 100 bucks, prizepix gives you 100 back. If you deposit 50, prizepix will give you 50 bucks. So use that promo code LOCKEDON, but only by downloading the prizepix app or going to prizepix.com to play daily fantasy sports today.
1: All right. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day, is we will be back tomorrow with the latest on Damian Lillard and free agency. Uh, NBA, longtime NBA scribe Howard Beck joins us uh, on Thursday. So make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Um, all right. Before we get to our top remaining free agents uh, for the Heat, one other sticking point. If and when the Heat do find that third team for Tyler Hero, to facilitate the statement in the trade. I think a real sticking point in the negotiations after that point would be the inclusion of Caleb Martin. Mm. Finding a third team for hero that sends assets of value back to the Blazers, that's the priority right now. Okay, That's obviously the priority right now. But another issue that could crop up is whether or not they do include Caleb Martin in a deal. Uh, I've been told that the Heat would prefer to keep Caleb Martin, they view him as an important part of a championship contender built around Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. Um, But he's also a very valuable player on a valuable contract, 27 years old. I don't know that he would be an ideal fit for Portland, just given their age range, but you could also see why they would want him, and maybe they could even flip him for some value down the line. So, like I said, I've been told that the Heat would prefer to keep Caleb Martin in any kind of deal. He's not untouchable the way that Jimmy and Bam is. That's right. But he's 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 up there on their list of priorities of guys that they want to keep. They view him as a key part of what could be a championship team next year.
0: Yeah. I mean, the third highest ranked uh, as current player, asset, whatever you want to call. I, I mean, I know it's a dehumanizing language that we've used or gotten used to using, but at the same time, like, yes – he has great value in the Heat organization, but I, I don't think that holds up anything. I, I think kudos to Miami, Pat Riley, and the front office for putting together what's largely viewed as a negative package or a, you know, a, a substandard package in exchange for Dame Lillard, knowing that you know there's a chance they can get Lillard because, again, everything seems to be pointing that general direction anyway, knowing that if you have to outbid another team that maybe the final straw is to say, okay, fine, you can take Caleb Martin. But I don't think there's any denying that Miami would be willing to include him if that's the final straw. But yes, uh, also to reiterate, kudos to Miami for saying, you know what, this is where we draw the line. It's here, and then no further. Uh, and we want to keep Caleb Martin, and, and I think that makes a lot of sense. Like that's what you—that's what you're supposed to do when it comes to negotiations. I, I know I took a hard stance on Portland yesterday, and Portland's GM Joe Cronin, but I—I I, I understand that was different. I understand his role is to make Portland better. But there were also numerous opportunities to do so without having to go through this, as you put it yesterday, the dog and pony show of making this a public display of saying, no, 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 we're going to entertain lots of different offers. We're going to do all this, knowing also that they're going to jeopardize their relationships with players around the league and things of that sort.
1: And it's weirdly messy. I thought the whole thing here was to not make this messy you've got damon lillard on twitter being like calling out blazers fans asking like what he did wrong and he always yep. felt like he was a stand-up guy um this it, i don't know i guess maybe there's this proves that there's no way for things like this to happen for superstars to get traded without it just being messy there's no such thing as a, a divorce that isn't messy i suppose We've never but seen- it, it. it is it does it sucks from a basketball fan perspective who has loved watching Damian Lillard in Portland and is such an important part of that franchise Uh, has watched him play in the Rose garden. And it's, it's an experience he's beloved. the the way that Dwayne Wade was beloved in Miami. And it's just, and I get why Blazers fans feel so strongly about it. I understand it, but I I just, I wish it wasn't this messy. And unfortunately it it feels like it's, it's not there yet. I feel like there's still, maybe there's a way to come back from it, but it's, it's, it's getting close, man. Like, we're kind of teetering on the edge here of it kind of yeah, not being recoverable here. But it's, it's, um, it's
0: Steph and Giannis, right? Like, these are the only two players that have the, the same kind of built-in goodwill as far as being, like, the centerpiece players. And both of them have won championship right. for the respective organizations. So it's like there's no, there's no direct comparison to what Dame's doing. Like, Dame has done everything possible for that city, for that franchise, and they just haven't been able to – together a good enough team and it it hasn't been on him
1: and it it has not been on him and it feels like if the package going back was a little bit better that that it would be less like Blazers fans would obviously be less upset if you were getting a blue chip young player back you would be less upset and I understand that part of it but also if you were the Blazers and you wanted that blue chip young player back well then you should have traded Damian two years ago or a year ago you know it's there were rumors last year that you could have done it you probably would have gotten more value at that point but uh, let's move on to free agency. It's still happening. The Heat made some moves. They still have 12 players under contract. It could be even fewer than that if they do end up consolidating a few of these deals to go ahead and get Damian Lillard. So we're going to run through our top three best remaining free agents uh, with their fit with the Miami Heat in mind. Uh, you want to go first? Uh,
0: <laughs> there's not a lot of different options. because Again, even when we were doing this prior to the start of free agency, you know, the, our list was a lot longer and it would still could not include a number of players just because of the reality that Miami cannot pay anybody anything. Like, there's not a lot of money available. Nothing more any- than the minimum. Yeah. Um, now, there has been some discussion uh, that maybe they could, because of the trade of Victor Oladipo, which has yet to be finalized, that they'd have access to uh, a mid-level exception. The taxpayer
1: mid-level would be like $5 million. They could. And maybe that's something that certain free agents are waiting on. Um, there are a number of free agents that are sort of waiting on the Damian Lillard trade. And then maybe to a lesser extent, the James Harden deal that may or may not happen that are just sort of waiting for this to go down. And there's a lot of things that are sort of held up on the team's ends too, saying, okay, like, are we going to be this third team? Like, what do we got to do? How much cap space do we want to maintain in case we do want to be a team that's involved in one of not just the Damian Lillard trade, but the James Harden deal. Right. And, and after the James Harden deal, what's the snowball effect of something like that? So, um, talking with some agents today, this morning. It, it feels like there's, it, it's, it's not just, Hey, here's the offer. Let's go ahead and sign you like the Damien stuff. And the James Harden stuff is sort of grinding the gears a little bit in yeah. free agency. So um, there's that with that in mind though, I do have one player that I think should be at the very top of Miami's list. And I didn't have him at my, on my original list because I didn't think he was gettable. But after a few days of free agency, he's still available. And given how the heat got Josh Richardson for the minimum, I'm not going to count the heat out. (laughs) And that player is Christian wood. And it's a player that uh, Yahoo's Jake Fisher in front of the show reported that Miami had interest in kind of within right before free agency officially began six foot 11 power forward center. Hasn't really been able to stick anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Detroit, Houston, Dallas, New Orleans, every time, New Orleans, I forgot about that. Every time he leaves, He kind of like leaves with every coaching staff, sort of grumbling, like, yeah, that guy's not a serious player. Super skilled, all the talent in the world, not a serious basketball player. But, man, he's a really good rebounder. He's a 38% three-point shooter over the last four seasons on real volume, not on fake center volume, on real (laughs) three-point volume. Um, That guy in Miami is very intriguing, and I wonder if... If he's sort of your one dude who you're trying to kind of wrangle in and and buy into Heat culture, I just I wonder if there were a team to get the most out of Christian Wood and help him maximize that skill set, it would be the Miami Heat, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, I, it makes a lot of sense for him and for the Heat. Like you, you take a risk on a a player that has burned some bridges and left a lot of sour taste across many different mouths, and at the same time, he's got the skills. There's no denying that he's had a really rocky start to his NBA career and he hasn't helped himself. Like he's had a higher opinion of himself than others. And, and yes. you kind of have to have that ego in order just to get to the NBA in the first place. Like you have to have that incredible belief in yourself, but that doesn't change the fact that he's viewed himself as a superstar when he probably has not been, but if there's he a team burn that bridges. can
1: right. I mean, he right. burnt that bridge and like, by the trade deadline, there was already reports out of Dallas. Like he ain't coming back. Like he burnt right. that bridge. And by the way, Jason kidd, Feel like he's just waiting for you to burn his bridges, but correct,
0: well.
1: <laughs> right? But yeah,
0: but you in tell. Miami's case, like they'll well, they'll take that chance. You're, you've got the talent. If we, they'll get you to understand what's the priority here, and they'll also sell him on the idea. Look, you come here for one year, and you're proving to twenty what, four other teams at this point. Because again, those bridges are probably burned right. beyond belief, but like you, you're proving to twenty four other teams that you can be an NBA level player because you made it here in Miami, especially if Miami can somehow win a championship we had this conversation last year i mean yesterday about josh Richardson. like like he could be this year's bruce brown christian wood could be that kind of player who says you know what i can be a complimentary player on a championship level team if they acquire damian lillard etc and and, and learn how to play alongside noted hard-ass jimmy butler for a noted hard-ass
1: and eric spolstra etc like there's a it's a win-win for both sides if you're signing him at the minimum, that's a lot different than 10 plus million the way that he's been p- getting paid the last few years. At the minimum, if it doesn't work out, you cut him. And <laughs> you just move on. Or you just trade him into some other team that wants to try to take on the risk. Because with his skill set, there will be other teams willing to just be, All right, minimum, let's just see what happens here. Um, I don't want to project forward because Christian Wood is not a part of this team. And I don't really know the story of why he remains unsigned. I do, again, I wonder if there's something there. If he was... If the Heat were interested the way that Jake Fisher reported and there's been contact there, which there's allowed to be contact now in this part of free agency. I think I part of it is with
0: whatever team
1: acquires Lillard. That's maybe. my thought process, yeah. It, it, perhaps. And and if it's Miami, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It kind of lines up, right? Uh, would he take the minimum? I don't know. Would they be able to – are they talking to him like, hey, man, like we're going to try to make this Dame trade. We're going to be able to unlock this mid-level. We'll try to get you a portion of that. Whatever. I don't know. And I And I am so hesitant to get ahead of myself here, but I'm going to do it anyway, David. A starting five of Damian Lillard, Josh Richardson, Jimmy Butler, Christian Wood, and Bam Adebayo. That's a championship starting five. You've got a elite top 1% floor spacer in Damian Lillard. Closest thing to Steph Curry outside the Bay Area, right? You got that level floor spacer from the logo in Damian Lillard. Josh Richardson, Career 36, 37% three-point shooter. You got to respect him from beyond the arc. Christian Wood, a 38% shooter, even better from the corners. You got to respect him. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo anchoring your defense. Josh Richardson's not a slouch. Christian Wood offers you some size and some really like easy rebounding, which is something the Miami Heat have missed over the last couple of years. I really like that starting five. And if you're able to keep Caleb Martin in a Damian Lillard trade, you got him coming off the bench. Not to mention Kevin Love, Thomas Bryant, Orlando Robinson, and all these other guys. So I really like I, – I love it as a fit. Let's go quickly through the next uh, – we, we said we we're going to do a top three. Um, you know what? Let's take a break here. We'll get to the rest of our top three, and then we'll go in-depth on Thomas Bryant's fit here on Locked on Heat. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Every day is we're going to be back tomorrow with the latest on Damian Lillard and on free agency. Join us later this week. Uh, with Howard Beck to talk about the latest on the Dame situation. Make sure you're subscribed. To YouTube, your favorite podcast app. Before we get to the Thomas Bryant pros and cons, I got two more free agents for you. I think you still have two more for me, right? Christian Wood was on your list? Uh, he, he is, but I think he's on a, okay. an obvious one. So I'll, I'll throw in a third name as well. Uh, go ahead. Well, let, me kick up, let me
0: kick it off with a uh, PJ Washington. I, I know he's a restricted free agent, so that's very difficult to see it work. I, I just don't know what Charlotte's plans are. Mm-hmm. Um. It doesn't seem realistic that Miami has any alternative other than to use that uh, that, that exception there to try and, and woo him over here. And I don't know why Charlotte just let, lets him go. Have they but, even
1: extended the qualifying offer to him yet? Uh, yeah, he is a restricted free agent, so, hey, he so is, he's officially picked up the qualifying offer. Okay. Yeah. So uh,
0: yeah, it, it seems unlikely, um, but you know that is. That's in the wheelhouse of what Miami would ideally be able to get in free agency with the remaining players available. A young player stretches the floor, young enough, athletic enough, a good complementary skill set, et cetera.
1: I'm not a big P.J. Washington guy. I don't think he no, offers enough size. You know how I feel. I feel like he's a finesse player masquerading as yeah. a, the next Draymond Green, and I just – whatever. Um, I like Dario Saric. He's still available. It good. Weird thing happening on the Saric front. It was being reported by a friend, Monty Poole from NBC Sports, who does a great job covering the Warriors out there in the Bay Area, that it was extremely likely that he was going to join Sarge was going to join the Warriors. And then it just didn't happen. And then you see the Warriors kind of routinely striking out on some of their targets. They reportedly were very interested on Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon signs with Phoenix instead. They go out and get Corey Joseph, who I actually liked as my for an option for Miami as a backup point guard, but he's now with Golden State. But Sarge is just sitting there. It feels like they have a need right, at, at, at power forward, the Warriors do, or for that spot in the front court, and you just haven't signed him. So I don't know what the holdup is for Dario Saric. What maybe was a likely scenario that he was going to join Golden State is maybe a little bit less likely. Maybe he's waiting too to see how some of these things play out if he really is intent on joining a contender. Maybe he was thinking that Draymond Green was going to leave and he was going to walk in and be the... I don't know. I have no idea what was going on in Golden State. I guess I could have checked in with some of the people I still know over there, but I didn't do that. Um, but I like him for the heat a lot. Uh, even if, you know, if they don't get Christian Wood, even as a starting option, potentially, Dario Sarge. Yeah. So I got him. One more I got is Malik Beasley, 38% career three-point shooter. That's all he really does. Um, but if you're looking to replace some shooting and have some shooting come off the bench, uh, you could do a lot worse than Malik Beasley.
0: Uh, uh, I've got I've, Wenyan Greg, uh, Gabriel. Uh, yeah,
1: you have know, him on your original he, list too. Yeah, yeah uh,
0: I think he's still available. Uh, he's young, raw, but again, you can take the time to coach him up and he fits a need. At uh, the four, Darius Baisley. We talked about that with Howard Beck last week. As a guy who could slide into Heat culture, so he's another available player there. Aside from that, I mean, that's still your biggest area of need. You, you've locked up basically the center position with Thomas Bryant. That we'll talk about in a second. You're going to acquire Damian Lillard probably, or at least that's the goal here. You've still got Kyle Lowry, who knows what his uh, status will be at the end of the season or off rather. But I, I still think he's going to be a member of this heat organization moving forward. Uh, you've got, you know, Josh Richardson that you signed there to lock up the two. You got Caleb who can float in there. Duncan Robinson, whoever is left on this roster afterwards, I still think you need to lock up a, a power forward. So that's, that's kind of where my mind's at. Yeah. And I'm sure Miami's front office is as well.
1: And, you know, depending on what happens with Damian Lillard, if you do end up sending out like a Duncan Robinson and things like that, you might need shooting. You might need thing. I, and, but I think the heat, the priority right now is to to go ahead and go get Damian Lillard, and then round out the rest of the roster afterwards. After you see what what ultimately happens, and what, this what do you think of Jermichael Green? Like. I think there's a lot of I think it's that um, it's that classic player that a lot of teams can talk themselves into, and then ultimately talk have the Jermichael Green experience and don't really bring them back. Uh, all right, Thomas Bryant. We promised we would go in depth. We're going to try to do this for all the guys that he do bring in. Uh, this off season, we talked a little bit about like surface level, level elevator pitch stuff with Bryant, Josh Richardson, some of these other other free agent moves on Monday's show. But um, did a little bit more of a film dive on Thomas Bryant this morning. I'm not less enthusiastic about Thomas Bryant and his fit with the Heat, but I feel like I'm a little bit more sober eyed on what it is that Thomas Bryant is. Not that I didn't know the Thomas Bryan experience before, but, you know, diving into the film with like kind of and considering his fit in Miami and that specifically, you do kind of get a sense of what it is. First of all, right off the top, let's start with the pros before we get to the cons. Real like real three point shooter. And we mentioned this yesterday, but career 36 percent three point shooter. You watch his stroke for a big man. It's good. It's It's natural. It's smooth. He, he dips the ball a little bit too low, but whatever. I'm not that worried about it. Like, guys aren't going to be closing out on him like right. crazy. He's going to have enough time if, to if get he's that got, up. Yeah,
0: exactly. If he's got the shot open in the first
1: place, uh, nobody's going to bother closing out. They're going to yeah. let him shoot it. Yeah. Loves to trail the play and kind of settle into a spot beyond the arc in the on the break or even in the half court and just kind of find spots. And he's pretty good at that. Like, he could find a spot and, and, and hit open shots, and he makes himself available, which I like. Uh, the rebounding is real. Like, the re- his rebounding rate is, like, Top notch. I mean, we're talking about like a 17% uh overall rebounding rate, which is elite. Uh 22% last year defensive rebounding rate, which is elite. Offensively, he's gonna get you a couple of offensive rebounds every night. Uh, and that's really that could be very useful for Miami in the half court offense where they've struggled, you know, over the last couple of years. If you can get a couple of freebie points that way on putbacks, yep. you know, that that's that's huge. And at six eleven with a seven foot six wingspan, it's got the size. He walks in day one, easily the biggest player on the Heat's roster. Like easily the biggest player that the Heat have had basically since Hassan Whiteside, you know? And so uh, I love all of that. Any other pros that we want to get to before the cons? Uh,
0: no, I, I mean, he, he's he's experienced, he's well-traveled, and I think that's a, a plus, but it's also to a detriment. I think that's probably one of those biggest cons is that he's he's had a hard time finding his place because he's been injured. He's been coming back from injury. And then last year, on a team with championship expiration expi- uh, expectations in Los Angeles, and having to find a way to adjust
1: uh, playing alongside LeBron James, not a simple task for anybody. Um, and he basically he didn't play in the playoffs. He was out of the rotation for Denver. Like he's he's got a ring and congrats, but Jeff Green was their backup center in the finals, as Heat fans saw. That's and Miami went Jeff Green was thirty six years old. Well, Jeff Green. He was even the backup center when it was against the Lakers. Like they, he was out of the road. He, he played zero minutes in the playoffs. He got in for a garbage time for a few seconds, and that was it. Um. So the problem with it, and the reason why that is, is despite the offensive skill set and how promising he is, defensively he's a mess. He's an absolute mess defense. Uh, he despite the size, he gets bumped off his spot really easily. Uh, he gets muscled around. He. Gets himself out of position. Does not do his homework early in defensive possessions. He's out of position, so he does get. He he ends up, you know, sliding his feet, caught off balance, and that's why he gets pushed off the spot so easily. It's also why he fouls a ton. This guy averages more than three fouls per thirty-six minutes. He can't stay on the floor. Uh, He's always behind the play. He he's not a physical player, despite the size. And offensively, you see some of that too. He's not a good screen setter. He's not freeing up teammates with his screen setting. Uh, He does prefer he's he's a finesse guy. He prefers to kind of pick and pop without really doing the pick part of it. Uh, He doesn't get to the hoop as much as you'd like for a guy with like a nine foot plus standing reach. Um, He's actually like for the first part of his career was averaging per season as many dunks as he had three point attempts. Like that's not okay for a seven footer, right? As much as you like the three point shooting, you need him to dunk more as a roll threat. Last year, he started to get back on track. It was double as many dunks as he had three-point attempts. So he's starting to trend in the right direction. But you like him to be a little bit more physical. I think that's what the Miami Heat's bet is, is like they see the skill set and the size here, and they say, yeah. in our system, you are going to be challenged to make contact, challenged to be physical. We're not going to let you – you're not You're, you're not going to get away with a, 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 a half-hearted screen in Miami. You're just not going to be able to do it. If anything, you need to set more illegal screens, right? So take some lessons from Bam out of bio and, and become an, a genius at the art of the illegal screen. Like, that's what we need you to do. Get super physical, almost injure guys with your screen setting, right? Brick wall yeah. stuff. That's what we need from you. Uh, and if he can do that, I think he's got a very, I think he could be Miami's long-term answer at backup center because it was an issue that kind of came to a head in the NBA finals, right? They cycled through Dwayne Deadman, Orlando Robinson, Omer Yurtsev, and they wanted to be a backup center. Ankle injury and training camp never was a factor. End up with Cody Zeller. He's tried Kevin Love at the back of five, Haywood Heisman at the back, just cycling through all these different guys and never really found an answer that they felt really comfortable with. And if Thomas Bryant can be a more physical, committed defensive player, I think he could be that guy for them.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think they will get that out of him. I, mean, I don't think they would sign somebody with that kind of a reputation and, and a well-earned one, uh, to your point, if they didn't believe that they have enough skill to work there, to see the clay of what Thomas Bryant is as a player and say, you know what, we can, you can get him here and we can sharpen him up. We can focus him on, on improving that side of the ball and being a more physical player because the tools are all there, as you said. And, and I think they absolutely will. Like I, we've never heard, you know, the, the talent is there. And I think that's undeniable. And I, it's a similar case. and brought up the case of Hassan Whiteside, you know, Whiteside were all the physical tools in the world, but, there were already a lot of questions about uh, his drive and everything else, like that. And he was a functional player for a year and a half before he got paid a whole hell of a lot of money here. So I think, again, Miami will do what they do best, which is to say to players, look, you come in here and you work hard for a year in our system and, and follow our rules and play physical and do everything you need to. You're going to be able to go out there and get paid. Yeah. And that's a hell of a thing for a player to hear because now all of a sudden there's a clarity to what I'm doing. And you have to consider that too. I, I mean, look, he was in Washington. He got hurt after a really, really good season that everybody's almost largely forgotten. He, he played only 50 games over the course of two seasons. And I remember all the chaos in Washington, new coaches, the trading of John wall, Bradley Beal injury, John wall injury, et cetera. Like there was so much going it on there.
1: Develop there, Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, again, then to, to go from there to all of a sudden having to play with LeBron James and his no BS you know, he, there's no way he's like, you play my way, you learn how yep. to adjust to me, and then you figure it out after that. Uh, so that's got to be a challenge for him. So now I think there's an opportunity for him to learn a, the game of basketball again and to I, be taught the way that Miami teaches you.
1: And I think what you're, the point you were getting at with the, in re- regards to us on White Side is the White Side stuff, the reason he was out of the league was because there was questions of yes. his commitment. Yes. Correct. And yes. with so. Thomas Bryant, there's no such stuff following Correct. him. There's no people don't question his commitment or his attitude. This isn't a guy that wears out his welcome. It's just a it's a guy who's really young and by the way another Indiana center by the way the, yep. he have a pipeline I suppose. Um but it's uh I it's not that, right? It's just the fact to your point. It's been a little bit of a weird start to his career. We've right. seen guys like Max Strues, uh Gabe Vincent, even Caleb Martin to a degree who came into yeah. Miami a better defender it's but is a much better defender now. Yeah. Um Just specifically, not just making them good defenders, but making them more physical defenders. Like the way that Max and Gabe fought through screens in the playoffs. Like just watch that stuff. That's the stuff missing from Thomas Bryant. Look, he's got bricks for feet sometimes. He's slow to close out. Like there are things. He's also enormous. That's going to happen with big guys like that. So um, look, it's only, there's only one way to go but up for Thomas Bryant. Dunks and threes has a great kind of catch all defensive block box plus minus kind of stat that takes a bunch of these kind of stats into consideration. That him is the fourth worst rated center in the NBA. That's really bad. It's <laughs> really really bad. Nowhere to go but up. Um and I think his skill set is better than that. And I think the Heat believe that that's why they brought him in and they're betting that they get more out of him. And to your point, dude's got a player option in that second year. So if he does have a great year, you can opt out and go get paid next summer. A lot of motivation to do it too. Um all right, that'll do it for us today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day is we're going to be back tomorrow with the latest on Damian Lillard. Free agency, Howard Beck, joins us later in the week. We're going to do a deep dive on Josh Richardson and what he can provide the Miami Heat again at some point this week too. So make sure you are subscribed on YouTube, like the videos on YouTube, comment on YouTube, and make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. David, thanks for listening. You got it, Wes.